Okay, I don't know. I don't know if this is going to work, but I think we can get a few minutes of content out there, out of this. It's, yeah. um... So we basically, you us. if you're listening to this show, you've seen it making the rounds on social media. It's all over the place. Uh, basically, Diane Feinstein, um, arguing with a bunch of children. So, here we go. Yeah, viciously owning children. Taking that class warfare. We're standing out asking for the new green deal. And we're trying to present this uh, letter that we've made to Senator Feinstein. We are trying to ask you to vote yes on the green new deal. Okay, I'll tell you what. We have our own green new deal piece of. Okay, yeah, first of all, like anytime like an older adult goes, like, okay, I'll tell you what. Yeah, it's never going to be the thing you wanted legislation we're trying okay. to we're trying to promote the green new deal the well there are reasons why i can't because there's no way to pay for it yes there is well, That's we have tons of money going to the military half of our a lot of our is going to the military but we have come to a point where our earth is dying literally and it is going to be a pricey and ambitious plan that is needed to deal with the magnitude of that issue. And so we're here asking you to vote yes on the resolution for the Green New Deal because that is the only thing that resolution that will not pass the Senate. And so here's kind of what's like fascinating to me about this because we've seen a million things like this, right? Mm. Usually, usually it's around something like gun control or whatever. Um, but and I've even been to shit like this. You know, we'll go protest the fucking senator's office or whatever, and maybe talk to them. But what's right, in, right. what's interesting here, and I think what maybe gives this a charge beyond the kind of inherently like somewhat staged quality of it, beyond the kind of cloying like listen to the children like premise. What's mm-hmm. what gives this thing I think a bit of a charge, at least for me, is the stakes. Mm-hmm. What's it? What's at stake here? Because. We're basically talking about something that could well bring everything, bring it all down. The whole fucking thing. You know, we're talking about something that's going to probably unleash like mass famines at a level that'll probably well, well surpass the 20th century mass famines. And, you know, the the lady who they're addressing this to just does not give a shit and is talking to them like they're a bunch of irate customers at Denny's. <laughs> yeah, a sitting Democratic can- uh, senator of California mm-hmm. just doesn't give a shit that the earth is dying. Uh, we have our own new deal. Uh, yeah, it, it doesn't read well. But, um, you know, the thing is, is that I do have a little cynic inside me being like, all right, Diane Fine saying you sound like an old person and and you sound out of touch and insincere. Um, now, the thing she's saying, now, we can't pay for it, is true because of the second thing she's saying. We can't get it to pass the Senate. But she'll never, ever give you a good explanation for why something like that couldn't pass the Senate. And what? it's a bad faith thing. It's It won't pass the Senate because people like me will get in the way. You can take that back to whoever sent you Some scientists have said that we have 12 years to turn this around. Well, it's not going to get turned around in 10 years. What we can do is put ourselves... Senator, if this doesn't get turned around in 10 years, you're 
looking at the faces of the people who are going to be living with these consequences. The government is supposed to be for the people and by the people and all You know what's interesting about this group is I've been doing this for 30 years. I know what I'm doing. You come in here and you say it has to be my way or the highway. I don't respond to that. I... Uh, yeah, I, you know, it's, it's a good time to give them a lecture about compromise when they're telling you that there's literally 12 years to reverse the situation. You're just like, no, it's, it's not going to happen. It's just not. <laughs> well, Mrs. I love Canada, I, please. I'm going to drown. <laughs> oh, it's all about you, isn't it? <laughs> well, I love, I love that. Like, here's the thing, right? Like she's basically like getting into like a serious argument with a bunch of children, right? <laughs> And not in like a bad Santa, like you know, funny curmudgingly way. Like it's, it's, it's just like reeks of like this level of obliviousness because, you know, um, you know the way like like senator like people like people who are in their whole like grand reverent American like mythology kind of way would portray the like if this was a movie in the forties it would be like you know this slow like string tones that'd be underneath everything they were saying and the senator the person would be like you see children you know they'd grab their you know it, there would there would be a certain sense of um yeah decorum decorum to it whereas she's just like hey i've been at the, i've been doing this 30 years okay how long have you been doing this no yeah I, i've been failing you for 30 years by the way <laughs> like yeah. yeah i let the earth get this hot personally that was me i'm mean, like more I mean, or less <laughs> She did. The worst part about it is she didn't have to do any of this. She could have been like, "Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll consider it." I'm glad you kids are getting into politics. Wow, that's great. You know, real civic-minded yeah, mm -hmm. youth that's, is the future. That's what like the classical like liberal politician would do, right? It would do they would, but she by she's like 85, so it might be dementia or something like that. But I guess she decided to like get into a literal argument about the the nature of practicality and expedience in american government all right look i'm i'm sure diane feinstein has a healthy brain from consuming peter thiel's you know like young blood commodities or whatever yeah. the, the the point being is that she doesn't have to give a shit she's you know an incumbent 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 senator you know that's not going anywhere democratic party isn't going yeah. anywhere now this might be the part of the opening blitz for an opportunity on her seat. But, you know, when I was in California, something like that was unheard of. You just, you know, it wasn't serious to challenge something like that. That might, this might change with this, but, um, but she's we'll also like 85. Like she doesn't know if she's going to see like July, you know? So it's just kind of like, well, fuck yeah. it. Yeah. It's that those kids are right. Like, um, you're looking into the faces of people that have to bear the consequences of this. And she's yeah. like, yep, I don't care. Never did. I've gotten elected. I just ran. I was elected by almost a million vote plurality. And I know what I'm doing. So, you know, maybe people should listen a little bit. I hear what you're saying. I, I mean, I... It's it's kind of hurt a little bit because the older lady like keeps interrupting, you know, and if she'd let right. the kids just do it. But I, I even I myself listening to that will be like, well, you know, someone like I'd be so 
if I was in that room, I'd be so tempted to just go, well, Donald Trump got elected. So I guess he's right, you know, or, you know, or point out yeah. all the times that she lost, like in like the 70s and 80s or whatever. Like, I, so I guess you were wrong then all those times you lost. Okay. Dang, but where's the people who voted you? You're supposed to listen to us. That's your, How old are your you job. How old I'm are 16. You? I well, you didn't vote, vote for me. Well, she... <laughs> Technically I correct. Now you can't vote. This is why you're not allowed to vote. It's because you'll do crazy shit like try to save the world. I'm she voted. It doesn't matter. We're the ones who are going to be impacted. Something. It doesn't matter. We're going to be the ones who are impacted. I understand that. I have seven grandchildren. I understand it very well. Senator, the cost of and not taking this action is far higher than the cost of what the Green New Deal will be. And there Here's is what? enormous popularity for this bill around okay. the whole country. Here's and we're asking you to be brave proposing. and do this for us and for your grandchildren. Here's what. I do propose, and here is the resolution that I think has a chance to pass. So we'll give each of you a copy. You can take a look at it. And I'm trying to do the best I can, which was to write a responsible resolution. Any plan that, that doesn't take bold, transformative okay. action is not going to be what we need. Well, you know better than I do. So I think one day you should run for the Senate. Great. And then you do it your you, way. By that, time, you. in the meantime, by that time, there's going to be just, a big problem. I just won a big election. We will give you a resolution that's thoughtfully worked out, that has a chance of passing, and which does what you want. Can they read this to you, though? So that's basically the gist of that. I mean, I think here's, a, here's what's interesting to me about the whole... Um, this whole Green New Deal and just kind of the broader circumstances like at play here. Like these reports have come out and have basically shown pretty conclusively that like pretty much a rapid overhaul of the entire like physical infrastructure of our society is required to prevent this system from producing like mass famines and possibly just collapse of I mean, who even knows how high the scale goes, you know, it all depends on the level of your predictions. But point is, it's gonna be bad, folks. It's gonna be bad. And it because it that is basically literally necessitated. It pretty much like obliterates any argument regarding pragmatism. Like this isn't something that can be negotiated with, right? Oh, I'll have you know, Jake, that we have a very well researched and worked out proposal mm -hmm. that will be the best that I can do, and I have provided you a copy. Yeah. yeah. Well, and 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 what's what's brilliant too is they can be like, well, this is what it, like what she basically was forced to admit and basically just skirted away from being from having to. She came very close to straightforwardly saying it is like this system cannot fix this problem, right? Right. And so that's gonna, I think, you know, that's probably gonna produce like an increasing like schizophrenia, you know, in, on in in liberal in the whole liberal camp because you know they. They can't just like the whole thing basically runs on focusing on what Republicans do, and they've almost kind of just basically just ex basically just accepted that if as long as there's Republicans opposing us, we can't do anything. And so until they stop opposing us, then but it's like no, there's going you, in politics, there's going to be people opposing you. You just have to like fight them or make them irrelevant. You know, that's it is just a a just a huge amount of uh just absolutely horseshit like obama administration was able to do like a relatively large amount of stuff just by simple um just
just by like you know executive order and like the powers of the mm. presidency have expanded to like a, a ridiculous degree so if like hypothetically like let's say someone like bernie sanders or whatever were able to be elected to the presidency they could they could do a lot of they could do a lot of the green new deal in fact i you know mm. trump is declaring a a national emergency over a non-existing you know threat to the united states coming from mexico why can't something like that be done for like climate change which is an actual threat to to not only the existence of the united states but just you know humanity in general well i mean if you've been following electoral politics over the year, the years, you'll know that wherever there is like a cynical instrumental gamesmanship thing that you can do with the institutions at hand, the Republicans regularly make use of it and the Democrats regularly don't. Right. For instance, there's the in in the Senate, you can force everything to have to go through by supermajority um through like a um and and the Republicans do it every time. Democrats, not so much. Yeah. Um, and so, like, we constantly hear about pragmatism and the need to take the system seriously as it is. But we're also constantly being asked to forgive the Democrats for just being too good hearted to really make it work. Um, and I think part of the whole Trump derangement syndrome is, you know, a lot of people coming to terms with or not the fact that like no matter how much democrats whine about it the system is really the problem because mm -hmm. you can't sign off on the trump election as a democrat without sort of like compromising basically the whole democratic reason for being this is a republican that seems more problematic than regular republicans we have to respect the outcomes of elections but the elections gave us Trump. Yeah. That's what's unique about our era. And I would have been more optimistic about this in the past. But now, you know, the sort of ideology critique school and like that whole world has been sort of popped because we can see how people's mouths don't really match their feet in regards to this. And a bunch of people that you might have thought of could have been, you know, relied on to condemn American institutions because of the outcome cannot bring themselves to do it. Absolutely cannot. In a sort of grim monkey's paw way, we basically have something that pretty much demands socialism and at a pretty almost empirical level. Yeah. Um, that basically demands a reckoning against the sort of existing class forces that run our society. And there's really no arguing with it without against it without admitting that this, you know, you the forces you basically will sooner or later force people to admit that something is deeply wrong with the system. And so that's something to basically, I think, you know, press on going forward and hopefully maybe, you know, something could be done <laughs> because it's uh it's a pretty grim situation. And I think that in a way it's proving us more right about capitalism as a system than maybe we even ever thought possible <laughs> mm -hmm. and um you know either we yeah we get because the main thing is to <clears throat> main thing would be to curtail the anarchy of the market and either you end up with some kind of 
horrific managerial technocratic capitalism. Just trust us, kids. We know what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, that would have the sort of despotic force to just go through to just like steamroll a bunch of the obstacles that are that are there, but you know doesn't end up socialist. So basically, something Bonapartist or you know. I don't want to say fascist because I think that's unlikely, but you know, something along these lines of a reactionary kind of uh, break with the constitutional order or socialism. And failing that, we get total fucking collapse or at least enough people drowning to be, you know, to outstrip the world wars. Um, so yeah, yeah we are in the Roddenberry timeline, people. It, if we were to like go based off of like what we have now in terms of like the U S government nationalization of major industries, even in like emergency would not be constitutionally viable because uh, there's, there's a case back in like the fifties, a relative uh, an actually really famous case. It was like U S steel versus Eisenhower or something like that. I need to look it up again, but basically Eisenhower tried to nationalize the steel in, nationalized like a, a number of steel uh like a steel like mill or whatever steel thing Some steel order, means of production like, thing yeah yeah basically like tried to nationalize a few factories because there was a strike going on in the middle of the korean war and he wanted to do it on the behalf of the workers i guess just, you know just to, like he wanted to raise their wages while, you know, just not having the strike happen during like the Korean War. And like the people who owned the uh the mills were basically like, no, this is not no, you can't do that. And the basically the uh it went all the way up to the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court ruled in favor, ruled against Eisenhower and you know yeah that basically sets like a national president for pre, did i say that right Pres, president president yeah president press it yeah. sounds like a toothpaste precedent yeah i basically like we would not be able to like nationalize industries just through the executive branch so Bummer. what would probably be needed if like hypothetically we were to be say elected into a position of office rather than like having a violent revolution although probably being elected into office would trigger if any like socialist party was have was elected into office it'd probably trigger some kind of coup coup d'etat but if we were elected we would have to like re completely like suspend like suspend like um just completely suspend the government through the declaration of martial law and try to rewrite the constitution entirely, throw it out. No, just completely throw it out. I don't know. I mean, one thing, one thing that is kind of heartening about the, the only thing that really is heartening about the green no deal is, is its popularity as a piece of legis, you know, as an idea, at least, even though a lot of people don't even really know what it means. Um, but yeah, I think that is something you could, you know, sell it in the United States is that, because even a lot of reactionary homeowners would love to have like free solar panels on their house, like giving them free electricity and shit like yeah. that. You know, the thing um, is, though, you would, you would need to nationalize industries in order to get get through. Like, you would need to nationalize industries and plan the economy more directly in order for like something like this to actually work out. 
yeah. and the United States is not. That's just not. And not yeah, you, you would need a, you would need a lot of things. You would need you would need to get rid of crypto cryptocurrencies and make them illegal internationally to squelch that shit. Um, because yeah. apparently, apparently, like the amount of the amount of electricity that ex- is expended mining Bitcoin is greater <laughs> than all of the solar panel intake in the world. <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So all that, all of that, all of that is comp- like all the. All the gains that are made with solar have been offset by people just mining Bitcoin, <laughs> because somebody because somebody wanted to buy um, some bath salts and child pornography in 2014. Uh, we're basically just wasting enough electricity to power like entire nations. Well, that does it. I'm selling my Bitcoin once it goes higher than the price I yeah. paid for it. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that's what everyone does. Yes, yes, it's a matter of principle for me now. And okay, um, any, any other thoughts on uh, any other thoughts on this? And uh, you know, Diane Feinstein is singularly terrible. If you know a, a little bit about her history, yes, yeah, pro-war, pro. Yeah, yeah. She tried to she tried to throw this Spartacist in jail for ripping down a Confederate flag she hung up in San Francisco. What? Why would Nuh-uh. she hang up a flat Confederate flag in San Francisco? Because she wanted to be vice president in the eighties and was trying to appeal to Dixiecrats. Holy shit. I mean, that's like putting up a red flag in the Alamo. Yeah, she hung that up like a bunch of longshoremen, different people like protested. And then like this this Spartacist who was a black man from, I think, South Carolina. He uh, he dressed up like a Union soldier and basically went and ripped it down like four times. I think got arrested like three times. And they tried the DA prosecuted when she was mayor of fucking uh, San Francisco. Christ almighty. Yeah, anyone <laughs> that thinks that that's like a progressive bastion or anything, you know, bon appetit. Well, she was a, apparently like a, a uniquely kind of like reactionary, like democratic figure. Um, I, I, I listened to an episode of The Dollop about this recently, and mm. uh, they were talking about how, you know, basically she be, she basically became mayor when uh, that guy Josh Brolin played in that movie killed Harvey Milk. Um, because that was that was because he killed that guy killed the mayor and Harvey Milk. So then she was mayor. Uh, wow. And, yeah, because she kept running. She kept running for stuff and losing. And I think she was some kind of like city. She had the same kind of position Milk had or whatever. Anyway, uh, yeah, she's yeah, she is like a singular, singularly like terrible, like democratic political figure. Um, hey, you know, if you join the Dems, even if you get, you know, Bernie or AOC elected, if they get murked, you know, you're just going to have someone defending Confederate flags that just gets, you know, grandfathered in. Yeah, you're going to. Yeah, you're going to somebody like that's going to step into their place. Hey, just saying we need a party. Nothing. Yeah, didn't know that. Maybe that's why maybe we wouldn't actually need a Pinochet in the United States if we had like an Allende. Like they would just put like some like, you know, Democratic ghoul in there who would just cash in on like i i was i was there when the person died and i kept up a brave face for our nation and you know right right blah 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 be decent insurance policy it's already built in yeah rosa you have some notes on the green new deal i mean we kind of illustrated that we don't really know what it is so if anything would be helpful i mean that that was the like i just sort of like okay and the rough outline of the essay that I wanted to write like a while back 
it just sort of brings up like the possibility of using like the like Overton's window sort of effect of like the Green New Deal in terms of like bringing back old social democratic politics into the United States American discourse as like a means of just sort of like pushing further for basically the minimum program that would be needed in order to actually tackle climate change. Like basically the only way we're going to be able to tackle it is a fulfillment of the minimum program, you know, just nationalizing industries, investing heavily in nuclear power, just pumping the economy full of like cash, just you know, liquidity. Yeah, we're, but we, we, I mean, to stay within capitalism and try and address this, we would basically have to test out the MMT people's notions about, you know. Right. I mean, yeah, that's what just, they mean when, oh, we can't pay for it, which, God, I love that kid's yeah. response. Yeah, he's like, like yeah, we, well, I mean, no, we can't pay for anything we're doing, but we're doing it. That would be the best thing to say. Like, Yeah, basically. And then you would have, in order to like balance out the growth of like the sort of like state sector, you would have to do like socialization is socialization in order to balance out the, the, you know, all this power that you're giving to the state essentially. So you would have like greater amount of like workers representation industry, that sort of thing. You would also like reduce the amount of work days uh, to like four days a week rather than, you know, just a large because actually reducing the amount of work days is particularly good for the environment. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Transportation. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Transportation. Uh, more emphasis, uh, like heavy emphasis on building public transportation, that sort of thing. And yeah, also getting rid of like the government as it currently exists in favor of something that would be like allow for like rapid decisions but at the same time like be more directly democratic um yeah what I, I uh, mean what i wanted to propose was like a combination between sort of the executive branch and the legislative branch but i don't know i i'd probably go over and change some of that stuff well, we're stepping outside the bounds of the Green New Deal now like, yeah uh... green, i mean the thing with the Green New Deal is it's not it's not a real bill yet. There's like a rough right. outline of it and a bunch of proposals, but they don't, they don't like Feinstein actually said, they don't really yeah. know where the money's going to actually come for this. And, yeah. I hate to agree with her, but like, like the concrete proposal is, it's really just more about the myth, you know, of like a return of managerial liberalism that will curtail the market. You know, it's like the return of the old, liberalism before neoliberalism it, yeah that's sort of the narrative i guess that is that is the problem like like there it's it is basically appealing to like although i will say like a uh the way that you know the united states was mobilized for a war economy mobilizing it to basically revamp energy infrastructure is kind of is pretty much literally like the bare minimum that would be right. necessary to put a dent in this problem so it, it makes sense that that's what they would propose right um but it just, it just shows you how unwilling, not that Feinstein's the left of the party or, the, you know, the left of the political spectrum in the U.S. or whatever. It's just that, like, like our liberals are so unwilling to go back to managerial liberalism that electorally, you know, the most likely expression of this would be from the right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, 
even like basically like heavily planned economies are good for dealing with emergency situations. It's why war economies, you know, they're heavily economically planned. It's it's and like there's like rations carried out and that sort of thing, you know, and during like total war. So and also how like the Soviet Union was able to make like continuous economic growth during the Great Depression, even though like in all honesty, when they were carrying out their goals, it was unpleasant. But they were able to carry out the goals nonetheless, and right, they rapidly industrialized. Imagine, basically, when you have like a planned economy solely focused on like one major task, it works out well generally, and they're better for it than like just market economies and that sort of thing. And that's why this sort of like you know, the weird uh, tax. And, uh, carbon tax that they want to do is completely pointless. Like corporations don't even really pay taxes. In all honest, like they can avoid most of those taxes anyway, so it wouldn't be that much of an incentive for them. Well, it, it buries it in paperwork, where it's just like, oh yeah, they got taxed. Well, we'll just, no, nobody's gonna check on that. You yeah, know? It, but but it, if people if people are getting like jobs and like solar panels and like, you know, wind farms and shit and getting like cheap electricity, like people will see that, you know? Yeah. Like there's a lot of potential of what you can do with it in terms of like providing more people with housing, uh, environmentally friendly housing, having labor armies. Um, and, uh, just, you could do a lot with it, but they're not gonna, you, you can just salivate, at, you know all the all the weird social democratic crank shit that you would want to try out but that shit's not going to happen under the current government no and it's unless no you have, unless you have a uh mass independent mass socialist party that's willing to push for minimum and maximum program you're not going to have anything at all yeah i mean it's just it's it's an indication of i think a temperature shift in sort of people like people like where this is at like it's clear from the science like these people can't pretend to that they fucking love science when the science is saying that here's what you have to do and they go well um that's not realistic right like the whole language yeah. of pragmatism is out the window because if you it's in, in order if you're being pragmatic now you're basically just admitting that this system can't fix it and we're all fucked it's a true face of pragmatism is a deep cynicism right like this it it's about instrumental reason eating. It's any reason in general. Mm. Like, you know, this is all that can be done because this is all that can be done. And you're going to drown. And I don't care. I don't care about my grandchildren. I, yeah. I care more about the electoral mandate. And that's it. Like, the, yeah. these are really the horizons that American politics works from. And we're not used to having anything bigger than that except for maybe racism. You know, like, you know, I'm, I'm going to be racist in this election. I'll be racist in the next election. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, there's very few constitute like extra, very few extra constitutional principles that are accepted in American politics. The Constitution is holy writ. And if you have any ideals outside of it, you know, you're you're a dangerous radical. Um, and again, as long as the only objections we see to this line of thinking are from the right. As long as the left forces itself to be straightjacketed by 
you know, some kind of constitutional window dressing for its complete change of government. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, we're not going to even be able to articulate what we need to do. Yeah, exactly. Like, if if the left is going to, like, engage in U.S. government and if this electoral thing is to go further successfully, then the people, the strategists and the people doing it have to understand that their job is not to make these institutions work. The job is to break <laughs> is to break these institutions and the course of pursuing our goals. You might say we need to smash the bourgeois state. <laughs> you might say that you just might. Right. Yeah. Like if, you know, people are concerned about like packing the courts because it's going to dilute the courts. Well, good. If if you know if that breaks the institution, that's good, you know. At, like literally at every level that you approach this thing, they need to be approaching it with a sense of, yeah, we're basically we're just doing this. We're basically here for our own deal. And if things if the wheels come off this government, that's fine, you know. Ho hopefully by that point you actually have you know like a mass proletarian base that is mm -hmm. increasingly conscious of itself as a class and organized that could then take power in the crisis of of uh, governance you know mm -hmm. but right that's you know I, it's understandably seems like a tall order right now right but that is the those are the conditions for solving this problem we actually need an alternative legitimate power center you mm -hmm. know for, for there to be a transfer of power to a proletarian form of government the only conceivable bridge in communist history is the classic one that marx identified without that we don't have a conceivable bridge and um we are in a situation basically where we're lacking the conceivable bridge. There is a desperate need for an alternative form of power and we can't seem to get it together. Now, whatever happens in the next 10 years is, you know, I don't know, either we get a game changer, we get a curveball of some kind or ceteris paribus, all things remaining equal as the economists like to say, we are headed for collapse. And, um, so uh, I understand the, I don't know, I, I think in general, some kind of socialist recruitment effort on the electoral level is going to be necessary to the degree that we're wedded to the Democratic Party and constitutional loyalty. It's only going to drag us down. Um, however, you know, turning to being soft on tankies is probably going to be the wrong way to address that and will drive more people into the arms of the constitutionalists. I feel like we're in an over, you know, we're in a pretty determined situation and I struggle to think of a way out, but what Jake said is clear, uh, with regards to understanding these institutions as our enemy. Uh, the communist party of great Britain has a theorist, Jack Conrad, who wrote a book on socialist electoralism that we get our, uh, enemy camp series from it's called in, in the enemy camp. Um, and that's something that we're always going to have to be aware of as socialists. And I mean, we really forget it to our, our, our detriment. You know, if you want to pretend to be the CPUSA in like the 40s or whatever, and communism is 21st century Americanism, you know what I mean? Like you're, you're blinding yourself. Like we need, um, we need people that are going to be able to think radically that are going to be able to look at the constitution for what it is, which is an archaic document. That it's amazing that it's lasted this long. Yes, it's a testament to the founding fathers that they created something that could, you know, overrepresent slaveholders and made it really stable. And yeah, you know, it lasted for 200 years instead of falling every five months, like the French government or whatever. But it's gonna, that's gonna have to come down. Sucker's coming down one way or another. 
Yeah. So we might as well do it in a very, you know, in a rational way. And yeah, we can order way. Yeah, like at the very least, the most orderly transition of power would be something like a socialist constitutional convention. You know, there's there's not a lot of ways that this sucker goes down in in a way befitting of of some kind of democratic mandate. And right, you know, we could I say that as someone who cares about there being some kind of democratic transition. I really want that to be so right. because that would minimize the bloodshed. Um, right, and we can organize emotions way more efficiently now. Now, because we like understand like sort of the basics of management, so, we, we understand like sort of like how management should work in terms of like just you know cybernetic theory. I guess I mean I, cybernetics is kind of a dated term, but like Stratford Beer base basically lays out really really how like sort of like organ large scale organizations that are com extremely complex should be laid out in a way and you know just working with that and also like basic socialist principles the two are really compatible but like basic marxist socialist principles we can organize uh, administ administrative functions way better administrative functions way better than what currently exists um <clears throat> You know, I hope I that guess. kid does run. I hope that kid does run and runs on like smashing the state. A communist ticket, yeah. Yeah. And I, I've seen I've seen memes where it's like uh, like zoom in on like this one with a girl looking one of the girls looking sad like socialist born or something in this moment like. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I had a parallel moment in the healthcare debate when I realized Obama wasn't gonna push for a public option the way that a Republican would push for like a late term abortion ban. I'm like, all right, I get it. I get that was it. The, that was such a weird moment because, like, even I remember like there were two things because I sort of voted for Obama, hoping maybe he was like a secret socialist, you know. And uh, fingers crossed. Yeah, yeah. But I remember like even like Keith Olbermann was like, "Mr. President, you have to prosecute these Bush people for torture. Like, this is wrong, you know." And that didn't happen. It's like okay, that's a bad sign. And then as soon as like the the healthcare thing went down and like. You know, there was never any talk about nationalization. There's never any talk really about a public option. Like, it was pretty clear that, like, yeah, this isn't going to work. It just wasn't a consensus idea. Yeah. Um, anyway. Uh, yeah. Also, yeah. Anyway, um, any other thoughts on this or uh, call it a night? Smoke if you got them, kids. Yes. Yes. Very much so. Yeah. Don't, don't, invest, don't invest in retirement and don't invest in Bitcoin. All right, if you're taking this stuff seriously, that's if, if nothing else, if you take nothing away from else from in terms of me in terms of advice on this, don't waste your money on an IRA and yeah. stay away from Bitcoin because if you invest in Bitcoin, uh, you're basically a piece of shit. Yeah, you're gonna end up like us. You yeah. want to end up like also, us. 